So, welcome back for another episode of the Bit by Bit podcast, um, another episode of the Biterian Collection, and within this entry, we're talking about one of the ultimate Christmas films uh, that should be mentioned. I'm here with uh, Tyree, who's the co-host of the Biterian uh, Collection, and one of the ultimate Christmas films, This Christmas um directed by Preston A. Whitmore the second. Tyree, what do you think about this Christmas? Uh it's one of my favorite holiday movies. It might be my actual favorite. Uh, I don't know. Me and my family watch it every year. Uh mm-hmm. we watch it during Thanksgiving as we're like after we put up the Christmas tree and everything. Oh, okay. Um so I don't know. It's it's weird because yeah, we don't watch it during Christmas. Uh, it's like right after Thanksgiving. Okay. Um. But. Yeah, we watch it here. It's just it's always my dad and I. Uh, we watch it every year, like the week of Christmas, and we just have fell in love with it. I think ever since it came out on like DVD, and every year since then we've watched it. I think we only missed like maybe one to two years and didn't watch it and we regret it not watching it those two years and i don't know it's just one of those films you kind of always relate to because everybody has family members who i don't know every family just has family members within this film if that makes sense where you can see someone in this movie you're just like oh okay i got a family member who's like that i got a family member who's like that character and like that person um, or they kind of relate to this person. You know, it's crazy. Um, I think last year, me and my family tried to switch out this <laughs> Christmas for a different Christmas movie. And I think the movie was like almost Christmas or something. Almost Christmas. But it was like, it had um, Danny Glover in it, or he, mm-hmm. he was in it, and I think he produced it. But it's like an exact replica of this movie, mm-hmm. like the exact same movie, but it's not as good. Are you trying to say we should not cover almost Christmas? Oh no, not at all. <laughs> and and I, I love Danny Glover and all the stuff he produces. Um, he does a lot of good things, but yeah, that movie is not it. <laughs> It doesn't hold as much weight as this Christmas. I, I, I'll I say this. I feel like almost Christmas, um, and that's not even to get in the conversation of that movie. If that movie had came out before this Christmas and it had different, a couple different things switched around, it would hold the same weight as this Christmas. The problem is this Christmas holds its own weight and it just i don't know it just has that feel to it where it just has like a a family dynamic it feels really good and it's it's just relatable that other movie, the other movie just isn't it yeah i'll say this about this christmas i think it's very like comfortable it's like a comfort movie um 
I don't know. I don't want to say it's like a black Lifetime movie or a Hallmark movie, but it's kind of in that vein, I think. Um, it's just like a stronger made Lifetime movie. Um, because when I was watching it, I'm like, the score, like the score is not good. Uh, the dialogue ain't that good, but it. <laughs> It is strengths is in it. Uh, its strengths are in its um, like the relationship dynamics and the acting. Yeah, because they they had some really good um actors in this movie. You said in this one and this Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this Christmas is, it, I don't know. It's just great because I don't know. I've never been a big Loretta Devine fan, but it's something about her just kind of being like the mom in this movie and you really feel for but i will say this i've been watching this movie since it came out uh like it came out in 2007 so i started watching it around like 2008 maybe um i this was the first time i've ever seen this movie and actually seen her go to the dry cleaners i've always seen them talk about the dry cleaners but i've never seen her physically go to the dry cleaners when did she go it's at the beginning of the movie. I never noticed her go to the dry cleaners. Yeah. He, his mind is blown I again. She, <laughs> I think she went to the store. No, she goes to a dry cleaners. See, I don't, I don't remember that. I remember yeah. her going to the store, but I don't remember the dry cleaners. She goes to the dry cleaners, and then, um, or I'm pretty sure she goes to the dry cleaners, and then I didn't realize they show what's his name, Quentin, um, mm-hmm. him playing in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever yeah. realized that either. Yeah, because they got the shot of the train. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only way I kind of like recognize it. I'm not sure what uh, where they were at, but yeah, Chicago. Uh, I don't know. I never really noticed that either. I was like, really? But it did kind of throw me off a little bit how quickly he got from Chicago to California in the midst on a of train. Like, yeah. yeah. Or was he even on the train? He was there like on a Greyhound and he got there like two days. I don't really. How did you get here that quickly on a Greyhound? Like, all right, man. Well, well, they don't say when uh, he actually left. So it, it may it may not be in uh, at the same time as everything else going on. It might have been like days before it. I'm like, this is quickly alluding that he alluding to the fact that he got there really really fast in this time frame of a three day trip from Chicago to California, and then he just quickly gets there and what feels like an overnight situation like all right but you know sure but um i don't know i think what's her name sharon leal who plays kelly in the film and lauren london they're like some of the best characters and regina king uh Mm -hmm. they're like amazing in this movie they really hold it down as the sisters because they feel really believable as sisters yeah um they yeah they all have something like you can relate to um or you you have that family member that kind of equates to them uh, a little bit mm-hmm. like um, oh sorry go ahead 
And also, I think, I don't know, it's very 2007 to me. <laughs> it's very like Black people pre-Obama. Okay. Um, and I guess it's in like the storyline though, but the whole, it's very focused on, oh, you didn't go to college, you did go to college, your life is a little nicer, um, you got nice cars, um, and then the Columbus Short storyline, <laughs> that, that was awful. The, I'm not gonna lie, that was awful. I'm gonna before we get into the Columbus short part, I'm gonna go back to and I was gonna bring it up later, but let's just focus on what you just said because it feels like a great portion of films between 2007 to maybe mm, 2012, I want to say 2012, 2013. Uh, I might, I don't know. I don't want to say 2013, maybe 2012. A lot of films predominantly black, uh, black and brown, um, people of color is just like, oh, these family dynamic films and like rom-coms, slightly family holiday films. I had to stay home when mom and dad got sick. But why? Because you went and got an education and you didn't learn the family recipe. And, you know, we covered it with soul food. We covered it with this. Now, soul food came out in the 90s. We established that. But, you know, it feels like this film and other films really honed in on that. Like they took it from soul food and, you know, other films back in the day. But it feels like there was an influx on films. <laughs> and that was the thing. Like we're going to really write characters who do this like that's the only thing they have they're just angry at each other for this reason like they have nothing else to gain also they have to sell the house or sell Mm -hmm. the dry cleaners they have to sell something and that's like the big family question are Mm -hmm. they gonna sell or or are they not gonna sell they never end up selling it they never sell it in which i wonder what was the real reason maybe i missed it what was the real reason um that they were even talking about selling it. Like, was she in financial debt? No, um, nothing was wrong with it. I think, um, she was just getting older, right? Like, well, no, nothing was wrong with the dry cleaner or, uh, my dear, she, uh, Regina King's husband just wanted to sell it because he was, uh, think he was going to get some money for another investment or something mm-hmm. he was trying to put up uh his half and he was going to use the dry clean and uh money to do that okay okay that makes sense. yeah that that was the only reason nobody else uh wanted to sell it or nobody really cared because i was wondering uh like i've always wondered the Every time I've watched it, I'm like, okay, Laz Alonzo, who I'm a big fan of, in this film, he's like the cheating scumbag husband, Malcolm. But, you know, I love him in all all his roles. Uh, But it's just like, in this film, he's just a scumbag. But it was just like... It was so, like, stock, (laughs) light-skinned, bad guy character. He has no depth to him, nothing. You also don't even see them interact with their children at all. You don't know they have children. The kids disappear for a great portion of the film. They walk in the door, they disappear, and then they show up at the dinner table at the end. It's like, oh, wait, they still have kids? And then they're on the cover of the DVD. It's like, oh, okay, that is it. 
Yeah, the children are in like three scenes, and maybe <laughs> one of them they talk in the scene. If that, um, like, it's the craziest thing. Yeah, they definitely like hid those kids because you you wouldn't even know they were at the house while Mm-mm. everything was going on. Uh. I, I don't know. It's the weirdest thing when it came to that. Rewatching it now, I'm like, okay, you guys are parents. Regina King's character, she's great. But then, you know, I feel like they're really holding back Regina King as an actor. Um, oh, most most definitely. Because it's different. It, oh, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say the dialogue that her character has. Um, mm. And I think is one of my things with the movie but everything is so like neat and like tidy I don't know it's like early in the movie you can tell like I guess it might be the direction but it's like make this small face when you say this line to really drive home the meaning and I don't know yeah it's like it's too perfect and like lifetimey I think, it, yeah, it does feel like a a more of a big budgeted lifetime film to an extent where you know it's just kind of like family, 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 but it you know it's like a good lifetime movie that isn't on lifetime uh, like with a bigger budget now, let's transition a little bit and get into like you were trying to talk about Columbus short um and his whole. I don't even know how to talk about it. His whole character scenes and whatever cluster. His storyline was basically he's hiding his new white wife from the family. (laughs) (laughs) Because that is the thing. But I was thinking about this last night when I knew we were going to meet today. And I sat on the edge of the bed and I'm like, okay how do I put this in the context of words? (laughs) And I'm like, okay, this movie came out in 2007. Alrighty. And for anyone that hasn't seen this movie, whoever listens to this and they haven't seen this film, he comes in or no, cause he's, uh, he's marshaled or he's when AWOL. So they have him locked up and they're like, who is this? This is Sandy. Uh, This is Claude's wife. Well, before we even get to that, when he shows up at the house and when he's at the house uh, and he's free and free and everything before that, he's just doing her awful. He He's terrible. He does not want to like interact with her. He has her at a hotel. Just he doesn't talk to her. He's sneaking off to like speak on this little two way phone, this little Nokia. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, don't talk and- to me. And when he goes to meet her at the club, um, his brothers and sister come. So he basically tells her to go home. Yeah. He like arranges for her to meet him. And then she meets him and he's like, oh, there's my sister and brother and sisters are here. You need to leave. And it's like, bro, why'd you have her meet you here? And then she's talking to these other guys who she didn't want to talk to. And then he's like, oh, you're talking to them. It's like, all right, jerk. Yeah, he he's doing her bad during like the beginning of the movie. Then he sticks a gun <laughs> it's, it's sad the, to see. He sticks a gun into the other guy's face because the other guys come at him wrong. I'll admit, you know, they start talking mess about her. Um, 
he sticks a gun in their face. They rush him off. The cops come eventually. He gets locked up because they find out he's air. Or I keep wanting to say AWOL, but he's AWOL. Um, she eventually comes out of hiding or different stuff, and they find out, oh, wait, she's married. And they think this big reveal is going to be, oh, my God, she's white. But Madeir is like, no, she was in a hotel this whole time. Like, that's the big reveal. That's the thing, yeah. <laughs> so that's when I was sitting on the edge of the bed, and it had me, like, lost for words. Like, in this movie, they think, oh, my God, she's going to be white. It's like, no, she was in a hotel. <laughs> like, they, they he had her locked away. Yeah, it, that's the big plot twist of the movie. It's not that she's white. It's that she was in a hotel. <laughs> and I, I felt really bad for her because yes. she's like, they're like, she's like, it's a, it was supposed to be a surprise. But no, it was not a surprise because he was just not telling his mama or his family. And you feel bad because she was locked away in this hotel and she's pregnant. He doesn't know. It's supposed to be this thing. And then it's like, this just sucks. It's like, this is just terrible. Like her, his or his family is really welcoming to her. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, here, stay in this hotel. And you know, his family, he knew his family is going to be welcoming to her. Like it didn't matter that she was white. He knew his family didn't care that she was white. Like, come on now. Like, I don't know. That movie is, it's something. Now, oh, go ahead. Uh, let's just go into the family was very welcoming to everybody. Yes, a, a little too welcoming. Um, like to I mean, and dude. Yeah, but also to to Makai Pfeiffer, uh, Pfeiffer character. Mm-hmm. Because he definitely stayed over uh, at the house. He was Santa. They let him in. Yes. Like, y'all don't even know this dude. Well, the only person that knew him was um, Madeir. Well, no, Madeir didn't know her. Oh, know you're him. talking about Idris um, uh, Elba. Yeah, yeah Quinn. Um, he was the only one that knew him. Then he was around uh, the sister. Yeah. She was like, somebody need to watch him because we don't know this man. He dressed up like Santa uh, at Christmas time coming around the kids. We don't know him. But yeah, Quinn was like, I trust him. I went to high school with him. This and that. But here's the thing that I have that looking back on it now and that's been baffling me when I watch this movie. Madeir is welcoming to everyone no matter what, whatever bias and prejudice you have. Unless you want to sing. <laughs> that is the big problem. Well, if you got musical talent. If you have all. musical talent, yes. And now, that is the big, the big, big issue. If you had musical talent, wait a minute. <laughs> could we never you're got not into... welcome <laughs> yeah that's where we crossed the line now if sandy would have came in there and said hey uh i want to sing they would have said hey lady you need to go back outside we don't allow that singing around here well i don't even know it, it might have just been like a musical thing with the boys as well just as with just the boys oh yeah with the men in the family because yeah because her husband, Sincere, had left her, and he was never coming back. Yeah, and then Quinn left, and then Chris Brown was threatening to leave. Yes. that I don't know. And then now she has her new man, who she had been messing with for years on end, Joe, the deacon. 
and uh joe was her love interest that she loved dearly it was was some great it was a great role uh by delroy lindo oh he's amazing he's really good yeah Uh, he makes the film delroy lindo the scene where idris alba is getting beat in the bathroom and delroy lindo that's my favorite scene ever and idris alba is like how'd you know and he's like same way i knew you know he's telling about the kids uh, he's like, I knew when you were getting beat at ten years old. It's like you've mm-hmm. known this man your whole life, and he's yeah. saved, but at ten years old, and you're like almost forty years old, dude. Like, come on now, give it up already. <laughs> like, why are you mad? Your dad has been out of your life since you were a child. Like, let it go. Like, I think, um, yeah, the relationship dynamics of everyone was like so accurate, but. Yeah the script was kind of lacking so everything felt a little forced yeah like you never actually see um and rpm but you never really see ricky harris again i don't know if you if it was just like Uh, a cameo of him he played the cousin cousin yeah that that came over uh for dinner that first night he just he was, he was at the church. Yeah, he was at the church too. Yeah. Yeah, like he was there for a quick thing and then he left and then he appeared again and he left and he's there for the little like dance. But it seemed like it was just like a hangout situation with certain things of this film. And I mean, don't get me wrong, it's a great film, but it's just one of those things of what is going on. Like, like you said, the script just seemed. I don't know, it's a little loose in certain aspects yeah. of it. <laughs> like, the fact, hold on, the fact that Regina King threw the uh, the car into the L.A. River. It didn't make sense. For, no. And how did she get home well, in the rain? I've always wondered that. I was like, a part of me has wondered how did she get home, and I thought this the other day when I watched it. Did I watch it yesterday or the day before? I think I watched it yesterday. I wondered, no, I watched it uh, the day before i was like okay maybe she walked home and i was like okay she walked home but i've always wondered maybe i need to watch this in the theater but it's just like i don't know what the script (laughs) is making sense (laughs) like this movie is kind of loose you knew he was cheating on you and then you know just certain things doesn't make sense chris brown randomly is giving studio performances like okay (laughs) Those, those are some of the best scenes in the movie. <laughs> no, it's the amazing. Chris Brown, the Chris Brown songs are amazing. They're a staple in no, the black holiday tradition. His performances are great in this movie. It, what gets me is he's performing in open mics, and which usually are two minutes, but he's giving 12-minute performances, and he's giving them that studio quality and their 12-minute performances. And I'm, how is he doing this? And they sound as if he just recorded this in a master studio at an open hey, light bar. That's, that's breezy. <laughs> right. he, he can do it. <laughs> but uh, I will say, the end at the church when he's performing, <laughs> and they all get up to hug, the whole crowd gets up and starts walking around. I'm like, <laughs> we're in the middle of church service. Why is everybody... Uh, mingling it's the weirdest thing the funniest thing is when the pastor brings him out and 
he's like, we're going to have Michael Whitfield get up here. And then Loretta Devine is like, huh? She gets up like, no, you're not. But there's so many people that she can't really like wow out. Like, she sits back down. Like, yeah, I guess I'm going to sit back down. Like, I I think that's what always bothered me was that that's the biggest like flaw to her, like singing. Like, that that grinds my gears. You you can't leave to go pursue music, but you can leave for anything else. Like I don't care what you do, but that singing, that music, you're not doing that. <laughs> That's a sin around here. None of that singing. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I haven't given a movie a rating in a while on this podcast, but I gave this a six. Um, I gave it a six. I like this movie. Uh, it's- it's oh, probably God. around it's probably around there um to me like six six and a half seven maybe somewhere up there i i can't rate it too high even although i really do like it but there is some uh like technical flaws and stuff with it um but i do like cherish it yeah i i like it it's it's a good movie i i like it you know, it's a nice little Will Packer, Will Packer joint. You know, yeah. When they bring all the the black all stars together and say, "Hey, we gonna we gonna give everybody a shot." So, I like it. I truly do. Do you think this movie is kind of underrated in the uh, pantheon of like black movies in general? For sure. Like. Well, hold on. Let me not say for sure. Uh, please elaborate more. Um, you know we we categorize this as like a holiday movie, mm-hmm. but in terms of just black cinema in general, um, I don't think me personally. I don't think this movie is mentioned uh, much at all. When we talk mm-hmm. about, um, you know, good black movies, you know, I think we always go to more of the 90s movies um, when we talk about that and we don't really bring up this Christmas and maybe because it's a holiday movie, um, but I don't think it kind of gets his, uh, his due as being like a really really solid movie with the all-star black cast um yeah i think uh i can answer that hey guys how's it going it's malik here listening to the bit by big podcast thank you i agree with it so i feel like for we mentioned 90s films like you said and we don't ever mention christmas films when we mention great black films if that makes sense, like they're mainly mentioned as like, I don't know. Do we ever actually mention Christmas movies when people say like, Oh, great black movies. And if they do say like, Oh yeah, this is a good black film. They mainly only mention the nine eighties and nineties movies or early two thousands. And it's always the same thing. Men's society, boys in the hood, do the right thing. This and this and this. But what I personally put uh this christmas i personally would but 
I am slightly biased because I would only put it in a category of Christmas, obviously, because this Christmas. But yes, I would put it up there as like, you know, a great film. Um, I hate to try to say it's a great black film, but I would recommend it to people who are non-black as well, because the things they go through can translate to people who are not black, if that answers your question. Yeah, uh, it did. Um, what about you? I don't even. Yeah, I, I think I gave my answer a little bit before, but um, I, I don't care to recommend black movies to white people, honestly. <laughs> oh, that's um, why I said to somebody that's not black. I didn't mean to solely white people. Oh uh, well, <laughs> someone that's black that's not black either. I I don't care to talk about or talk about black movies with non-black people. Honestly, <laughs> uh, that that's just me being honest. I don't really care what your thoughts are on it. I, I don't mean it in a mean way. I just think that um, a lot of times Black work speaks to Black people in a different way and non-Black people just wouldn't kind of understand uh, a lot of the nuances of it. No, yeah. It sounded mean, but I got what you meant. You didn't even have to explain it. I got what you meant. You and I have talked about it for years now. Like, yeah. as long as I've known you, I truly got it. Uh, it could have been translated uh, or not translated, interpreted one way, but I got it. it yeah. <laughs> I truly got it. It was just funny to hear, but trust <laughs> me, I got it. <laughs> Would I recommend this Christmas to someone that's not black? Yeah, uh, but is it up to them to watch it it is but are they gonna watch it more than likely not yeah <laughs> more than likely not. <laughs> i know our demographic of people who listen to this <laughs> <laughs> like I, I know who's gonna listen to this yeah man <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know it's yeah i mean it's the thing with like lesser known black movies all around and like non-black people watching yeah no that's funny that's a good point though but i don't know i like this christmas uh hopefully you know or there i can't say hopefully there are more black christmas movies there are a ton of black christmas movies that are out there we covered friday after next that is a pinnacle christmas black christmas movie you know Um, you know it's you know it's crazy also so many black movies are like, oh, we need to come back for a sequel or the third movie. Um, like fr- like all the Fridays, uh, the best man holiday and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of movies are like, a lot of black movies petition for another installment into the franchise. And they really I've never, Yeah, and I, I just, I was just gonna say, I've never seen it with this Christmas. Like there's never been a oh man, we need to see what that family is doing again. <laughs> Cause they don't need it. Like that one, there was nothing about this Christmas that said after Quinn pulled out the chair for Joe and was like, Joe, you should sit down. There was nothing that said, you know what? What happens after they got back up? What happened after Lauren London graduated from college? Like I didn't but, need to know. Yeah, that's true. But it's the same for all those other movies. We do not need yeah. to know what's going on with the characters. And these are actual characters I would like to catch up with. 
that's the thing. Like I was thinking about it the other day, and I don't mean to keep this going, but I was thinking about this. I think yesterday, like it starts to become a thing with sequels in predominantly black films where you start to feel as if they're just money grabbing sequels and mm-hmm. um the sequels are just creating sequels like the friday sequels we never really needed another sequel after friday friday could have just stopped you didn't yeah. need more the best man could have stopped there was no reason to keep it that's like they would have came out with the wood too like we didn't they're need doing a they're doing uh the wood tv series well, this has been nice. <laughs> well, and also the best man. I'm pretty sure they have like a new series coming on Peacock. They within, do. I think the next week or so. They do, but that's the thing. We didn't need them to keep going. Yeah, like a lot of these things, they ended on a note where that's like the Soul Food TV show, and people are like, mm-hmm. "Oh man, well, why did the Barbershop TV show? It was decent, but it wasn't like the movies." That's because the movies didn't end on a note where you needed sequels and TV show. It, it didn't end for a spinoff to happen or a sequel to happen. It ended mm-hmm. for just a one-off thing. Like that was it. They don't end for sequels to happen. Calvin yeah. did that one cut, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> like there's a reason Ice Cube isn't supposed to be doing sequels to uh, Friday. He can now, but he wasn't really supposed to. <laughs> I mean, he's been petitioning to. <laughs> he has, but we he shouldn't. Like, he really shouldn't. I love yeah. the Friday sequels, but it's like, you really shouldn't. Like, just stop at this point. Everybody's gotten old, and the Best Man sequels, it's like, really stop. Everybody's in their 50s. I'm not saying yeah. you can't do it, but the original movie was it. Like, the rest of the Best Man stuff has been great, but really just stop. I'm glad this is it, but just yeah. stop. Yeah. Like I've seen the promo and stuff for it, and I like man, everybody still looks uh, pretty nice, and um, I'm glad they have an opportunity to still be working and yeah. doing their thing. But yeah, this franchise is kind of tired. Like y'all been doing it for twenty some years. Like all right now, like you know what I mean. All right now, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I mean it, it's nice to see you know. Uh, Sanaa Lathan, uh, Regina Hall, mm-hmm. all of them together still. So, so I don't know, man. Uh, would I say this Christmas is just like a one-off thing where it's like, all right, this is up there on just like, and a a great Christmas movie that just holds its own. Of course, it's like you know it it has its flaws like any movie. There's no perfect movie. Mm-hmm but it has its flaws, but does it need a sequel? Not at all. Does it need a TV show? Not at all. (laughs) It's great the way it is. Now, the day I see it says this Christmas too, this Christmas, the show, (laughs) I know all humanity is lost. (laughs) So Yeah, also, I feel like everybody's way too big to come back. Yeah, I don't think I don't think anybody would even sign on except for probably like one actor who I w- won't mention. Um, <laughs> <Chill out. laughs> um and probably the kids. They're gonna pro- that'd probably be it. They'd probably be the kids that were in the movie that we didn't really see. Um it'd be about those two kids and then that other actor we won't mention. 
But all right, so we don't know what the next film is, but uh, yeah, because what this week is Christmas week and it's gonna drop. Uh, we might have to do like a wrap up 2022 thing next week. Oh, um, yeah, like our what best films of the year, or best films yeah. of the decade, or something, yeah, like a general thing, mm-hmm. something crazy like that, yeah. All right, man. Well, Merry Christmas. Uh, I don't know. I'll talk to you next week. Yeah, Merry Christmas. And uh, to all the non-black people, you know, I didn't mean to offend you if I did. <laughs> Have a um, good the disclaimer, happy <laughs> the disclaimer, uh, <laughs> the PR disclaimer. Why, if you've got, <laughs> if you've gotten this far, he's he's doing his PR run. <laughs> I am I am in the midst of a promo run, so please, please don't don't come for me, guys. I didn't mean it the way it sounded. If you listen to the last podcast, he put his social media handles on there too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you next week. All right.